Ready? Sure. I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to I Don't Get It, a podcast about performances in Edmonton. I'm Fonda. And I'm Paul. And we are proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered, powered by, by ATB. ATB. I feel like we need more sound effects every time for that. Yeah. Definitely, this, if there's one thing this podcast has been lacking, it's a Foley table. <laughs> yes. Just throw some sounds in. How are you, Fonda? Uh, I'm doing okay. It's been a week where... Uh, I didn't have a chance to see any shows. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's busy times. You you are the festival you run is gearing up, mm-hmm. and ergo, you know, as all your free time gets eaten up by by the thing you're doing. Yeah, and and well, and how about you, Paul? How has your week been? Oh, fine. I'm both back in school and starting work as stage managing a haunted house, so my days are also not free. <laughs> um, but I did manage to get out to some some stuff. Cool. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. How about um, what what uh, what was sort of I guess the main stage thing that you saw this week? Sure. Um, so I saw a, a preview of uh, Vidalia, the uh, Ricochet Romp by Stuart Lemoyne, uh, is how it bills itself. Uh, the Teatro La Quindicina, sort of season closer for their spring to fall season, uh, over at the Varscona Theater. Cool. And um, so, well, what's the premise of Vidalia other than kind of like you know it's kind of a t- usual style teatro mystery. Yeah, it's um, uh, the name is a the name is a type of onion, and uh, like a type of onion, the there's layers going on. There's intrigues upon intrigues in this show. Um, it's sort of that's a fancy metaphor. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's from Shrek. Uh, onions have layers. Um, yeah, so it, it concerns sort of four characters who um, accidentally find themselves caught up in each other. There's sort of it starts in a cafe in a city sort of kind of like this one uh, set in the the early 2000s. There are flip phones. It's been a while since anyone's oh, seen Oh, the flip phone! <laughs> yeah, you know, because you know, it's the sort of thing where like, uh, oh yeah, you can just read someone's messages on that. No one had passwords. This wasn't a smartphone. Anyway, um, it mostly concerns three briefcases um, and them, them getting mixed up, three identical briefcases, um, and a handoff that's supposed to happen um, doesn't quite happen um, and ends, ends up in the wrong way. And it's everyone trying to correct that and how their lives um, lives intertwine. Uh, one thing with with that sort of Stuart Lemoyne screwball. Um, screwball, that's the word I was thinking uh, of. <laughs> screwball or sort of um, uh, mystery uh, is there's always that sense of like, People who are unwittingly caught in this adventure, and some of them are being dragged, kicking and screaming, but some of them kind of lean into it. So in this case, um, the character of Girl in Red Jacket, uh, played by Helen Belay, who's making their uh, her teatro debut, um, really, really was that anchoring character. It was this one who sort of like saw the fun in an intrigue on an intrigue once the pieces started to fit together. And uh, and started to leaned into trying to sort it out, whereas everyone else is just like, ah, can I just can I just take back the suitcase? It's more like, no, you here, you here, <laughs> this sort of thing. Um, and I thought uh, Ellen Blake gave a great performance in that role of that sort of like a very quintessential sort of Stuart Lemoyne uh, protagonist of like. Um, 
following the thought to its logical or illogical conclusion, but like <laughs> leaning into the the fun of that and being like, what a what a delight, what a way to spend an afternoon, and what happens if I get these two people to spend some time together, and how does that shift their their lives? Because it's behind this intrigue and this intrigue. Um, people start making these connections, you know, however fleeting, however mistaken they might have been based on these, who was supposed to have what suitcase and one has someone's lunch and one has uh, a, a mysterious, you know, mis <laughs> things that were mysteriously supposed to be exchanged. And, uh, you know, not even the people who are doing that exchanging maybe know what's in those. Um, so, so yeah, I think um, I saw it on preview and maybe it didn't feel totally dialed in yet as far as the performances and, and some of the connections. And it was a small house and, you know, those things in comedy where it's doesn't uh, doesn't always connect in a in a small house, but um, but once it really starts to get rolling, um, once we really start leaning into um, um, who who is what character and who is supposed to be someone's contact and figuring that out, because um, there's two people who are sort of from our uh, espionage world: uh, Belinda Cornish playing woman in glasses, and Andrew McDonald Smith playing man in trench coat. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, both very, um, you know, veteran teatro actors. And then uh, Helen Blay as girl in, in red jacket, and Chris Piera uh, as man in suit, who's sort of a tailor who's haplessly uh, dragged into all of this. <laughs> who maybe less than anyone else is interested in seeing this through, um, but they, but they do. Interesting. Um, well, the last Teatro show I saw, I don't remember if you saw the one, The Bad Seed. I did not. Okay. So that one had, you know, super big twist ending, quite surprising. Mm -hmm. um, were you, you know, this being a mystery, did you feel that it paid off in the end? Were you surprised? I think... Um we we get enough context and we get to know enough about these people that certainly we um, things feel solved. Like we we don't really find out what's in some of the what the contents are because it doesn't really matter. But the, it sort of builds to this situation where everyone's in the same hotel room and they all have three briefcases and they're <laughs> trying to figure out who gets which case, who needs to get which case because people have been trying to swap, but then other people have also been trying to swap, so the swaps don't work because. Uh, blah 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 you know um yeah. everyone is everyone's trying to fix the problem and that only makes it worse um and so yeah i think uh the, the satisfaction of that is is in seeing the the deductive reasoning this very like sherlock holmesy like hmm how do we okay if i if we do this and this and this yes this has to be your briefcase so that that scene was sort of a very um uh, the big payoff of of that. I feel like in terms of the relationships, um, yeah, it was there. I think uh, we get um, people find connection. So much of it is the unexpected connection, the ricochet romp as as it sort of builds itself <laughs> in the in the program um, of like what it, what happens when these folks collide, um, and it's often very pleasant. Um, and sometimes maybe not, but but in this case, um, it was very pleasant. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned uh, Helen Belay's performance. Um, do you want to note any of the other performances in the show? You mentioned Belinda Cornish right before we started recording that. Yeah, yeah, I think um, uh, you know Belinda's character is sort of uh, part of this intrigue, but as we learn more about her, um, is maybe just as hapless as everyone else. And I think uh, Belinda really is dialed into that sort of that sense of comedy and the voice of comedy in this show to really to really deliver on a on a role like that. Uh, Andrew McDonald Smith is kind of like maybe the most deep in the intrigue, or at least like um, he's the one who we sort of have to deal with and placate a lot. He's the one who is supposed to get his suitcase and, you know, <laughs> is trying to sort out this contact and has this sort of brief 
chilling uh, conversation where he's talking about like, you know, I'm not proud of the things I've done in my life, but I'm proud of the way I've done them. <laughs> this sort of wow. <laughs> dark, like, oh shit, this could go bad. Nice. Um, yeah, so for, uh, you know, this was a, a remount of a teatro show that played in, I think, the early 2000s, hence the flip phones. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and I think um, I think it sort of, uh, yeah, is sort of in... in uh, as with a lot of Stuart Lemoyne, sort of, it sits in its own its own bubble of, of of voice and style and and looking at the world from a very um, a different angle of like a bit of mischief and in intelligence and intrigue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was fun to see those things come yeah. together. Um, were there any actual mentions to Vidalia onions in the show? Yes, they show up, <laughs> um, and sometimes they seem like a like a like a message to some person when maybe they're really just a mistake. <laughs> um, but yes, the actual onions are are present and accounted for. Ah, okay, good to know. Have you ever cooked with a Vidalia onion? No, the 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 play talks about it being sweeter, a little sweeter. Apparently, they're the best onions to use to make French onion soup. Oh. This is a thing. Good to know. You might learn about that in school someday. <laughs> sure, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, two people at, at one point um, bite into them uh, oh. raw, so you know. Ow. Like actors on stage biting yeah. into raw onions. Yeah. Amazing, mm. amazing. All right, well, um, thanks for going to see Vidalia. That's yeah. That's great. Um, well, how about we go to our first ad? Taproot Edmonton is a source of curiosity-driven stories about our city, cultivated by the community. It is building a new way to deliver local journalism, with a focus on delivering high-quality, long-form local stories, plus weekly roundups of curated updates on local topics like tech, media, city council, food, business, music, and arts, too. You can sign up to become a member and get more info at taprootedmonton.ca. P.S. We highly recommend the Arts Roundup. It's curated by your I Don't Get It co-host, Fonda Mithrush. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Fonda. <laughs> All right. Um, well, what else have you been up to this week? Um, I was uh, involved. Um, Play the Fool Festival is happening. A sort of clown and physical theater uh, festival is happening right now. I was involved in the Play the Fool Festival Spectacular. So sort of like a, um, a cabaret style, like late night um, adult um, showcase of uh, a bunch of different performances and performers. And one thing I noticed um, was the lineup was quite diverse. Um, Play the Fool is sort of rooted in being a clown festival, but I think um, the borders on what that means are a little are, are soft in a, in a good way. And so the show, in terms of what was being presented, had quite a bit of variety. There was swing dance, there was uh, burlesque, uh, there was um, clown, um, and uh, and sort of uh, there was music. Uh, there was a bunch of different things that sort of uh, all uh, all found ways to, of sitting together on a stage. Interesting. So, well, um, and I know that you hate to talk about to self promote, but I, <laughs> but I want to hear about the bit that you did because this was also part of your fringe show. Sure, I um I do a bit called Chrysalis, um, which is about a uh, in a a chrysalis. It's a an inner monologue from a chrysalis, I guess is the best way to put it. And then halfway through that chrysalis hatches. And so the chrysalis is in fact a sleeping bag I've had for about, oh, 15 years um, that I just inked out the words North Face on. So it looks uh, looks a little sad, but uh, it's more of a, a sketch comedy piece. 
Um, there isn't, there's a, a few very brief moments of sort of direct address to the audience and maybe waiting for them to, to do something, but it's mostly um, an odd monologue, for, for lack of a better term, presented in, in a different sort of way. And I think, um, I think maybe that was that was the hook for for the the organizers was that maybe this is that this was like um, a very silly bit, but it wasn't just like me on stage saying words. There was sort of this physical element to it of of costume and texture in a way. Yeah. So what is I mean this I I think that this is probably a question that many people would answer differently. Mm-hmm. But sort of what is the what is that line between you know kind of like clown and performance art and sketch, you know, like, cause a lot of people think that clown is just, you know, always has to be either the two, two clowns in makeup, one high, one low, you know, whatever. Um, but what, what is, what is our definition of clown these days? Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's either like in nose babbling or Stephen King's it <laughs> for, for a lot of people. It's sort of either they're terrifying or it's like a niche uh, sort of comedy world. But I don't, uh, I mean, I think maybe more than other things like sketch comedy um, or or theater, um, Clown is about making a very direct connection with the audience who is in the room right now. Um, it's reactive. It's responsive. Um, they, um, you know, one of the things people are sometimes nervous about with clown shows is there is a level of interaction. Um, but especially in the hands of good clown, that um, that feels like a joy <laughs> rather than a terror. Um, and so I think it's about um, more than like all, all live art is, I'm making a lot of air quotes here. Um, all live art is about the, what's happening in the room and connections with the room and generating that authenticity uh, in the room. Um, but I think Clown uh, is willing to play in, in the room in a way that um, uh, a monologue can't because a monologue has to say its words to make its point, and a clown can react to someone sneezing in the audience <laughs> um, or, or a laugh coming at an unusual time, which is um, about that honesty. It's about, right, a laugh did happen in an unusual time, and a clown can address that where a monologue maybe can't. <laughs> um, and so it seems like it's about uh, us right now um, beyond what's scripted, certainly there's obviously scripting in Clown, but beyond that, what happens uh, as that scripting plays out? Not just you know, on uh, the audience side, but between performer and audience. That's yeah. sort of a concept I've heard in, in Clown with the magic circle where the uh, the performer has a sort of circle of energy and the audience has a circle of energy. And on a good night, those become like the Venn diagram that then becomes one <laughs> circle. And mm-hmm. we're all connected in the same way. And we all get it. And of course, everything is genius and perfect and simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I appreciate about um, some clowns shows that I've seen, I guess I can't I can't paint them all in the same way. Mm-hmm. But um I, I, I saw Larry at the Fringe this right. year. Um, and at the end, the performer, um, Candy Roberts, she comes out and she says, uh, you, you may not realize that you've just seen a clown show. Um, and it kind of clicked something for me. Like, yes, this character came from somewhere mm-hmm. for her. And a lot of performers that I've talked to about, you know, their own clowning experiences, the clown comes from a, like a very sort of, you know, like some some sort of part of their personality that hasn't either either has needs to be addressed more mm-hmm. or that they want to explore yeah. um and then so a lot sometimes clown ends up being this very character driven mm-hmm. uh, thing and i i really appreciate it when it goes in that direction yeah. and i would say maybe the 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 biggest clowns that you can think of or the most widely acclaimed clowns you can think of in in sort of this day and age 
are Mr. Bean. Um, sort of this a very physical comedy, not a nose, but uh, a, a lot of the trappings of Clown are there. He doesn't say much. It's huge physical comedy. Even though there's a screen between us and him, there's that sense of mischief and play and sort of getting into trouble. And uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. um, Borat, and um, uh, Bruno, and all of the and Ali G and these characters who are um, who he seems to be making a lot of trying to make a lot of um, political or social points with. Um, for better or worse, um, there are things, um, you know, Borat was really adopted by by bros worldwide yeah. um, when, it, when it came. But uh, but that was, that's Clown. You know, he's this character and he's sort of like, especially just like with that, where he's reacting with people who maybe don't, who aren't in on the bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he's, he's pushing that um, to see where that'll go and what permissions he'll get, uh, you know, and what will come of this thing if he does this as this character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even though those clowns are on television, because you're as you as the audience are in on it, Mm -hmm. that's how it that's how it actually works well. Um, Well, cool. Well, um, yeah, Play the Fool wraps up today as we're airing this. Um, So, but it happens every year in September and it's a clown, it's a clown festival that we have here. I think it's in its third year. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, if you've never, if you've never checked out clown, do it. Um, it's not what you think it is. Um, you know, there's there's so much surprise and delight, and I think some of the most genuine and uh, beautiful and hilarious moments I've seen on stage have been in clown shows because it is just about us in that room, mm-hmm. um, ultimately. Absolutely. All right, and with that, we're going to go to our next ad. This episode of I Don't Get It is brought to you by Edmonton Community Foundation's Well-Endowed Podcast and their special series, It Takes a Community, produced by Hunter and Jacqueline Cardinal of Nahayawin. In the series, Hunter chats with prominent Edmontonians about the communities and people that have helped shape their journeys. In the most recent episode, you'll hear from Aaron Paquette, artist, author, speaker, and City of Edmonton counselor for Ward 4. Aaron talks about why you shouldn't hide your talent in a drawer, the difference between challenges and trauma, and the magic power of words. To listen and find out more, visit thewellendowedpodcast.com. Great. All right. Well, Fonda, listings. Uh, listings in this busy month. Let's look at what's uh, what's happening. All right. Well, the color purple um, is happening right now at the Citadel until October 13th. It's been getting fairly good reviews, so I would I would suggest trying to get in. Right. Um, as mentioned, Vidalia, uh, Teatro La Quindicina's season-ending show, is playing at the Varscona Theater until October 12th. Uh, coming up real quick here, Taj Express, the opening show for Alberta Ballet's season, is at the Jubilee Auditorium on October 4th and 5th. Um, the Dirt Buffet Cabaret, uh, sort of an eclectic variety show um, with uh, rotating uh, hosts or curators. Uh, this time is being curated by my friend Tim McCoola, um, whose whole push with this one is trying to get people to do things that aren't in their wheelhouse. <laughs> so to get a dancer to do this or, you know, a singer to do this. Uh, that happens at uh, Miles Zero's home of Spazio Performativo on October 3rd. Well, um, Tim McCoola is now writing his column for Gig City, is he not? Uh, or yeah. somewhere? Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's also a, a Newfoundland-based paper called The Independent that he's also writing for. 
That is awesome. Um, there is a physical theater show called Trace by Red Sky Collective happening at the Arden Theater on October 11th. And Richard III um, is happening at the Tim Center for the Arts October 11th to 19th. Apparently, this is the first time they've done Richard III since um, some 1979, I think, when like the theater program at the U of A started. Wow. Um, and they're doing it kind of as like a weird modern version. Um, one last listing to make. Um, Hinky Punk opens Brian Webb Dances season on October 11th and 12th, and that is at the Theater Lab at Allard Hall. Great. Richard the Fourth, the <laughs> sequel. The return to Richard the Third. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go see some stuff. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenoff. Sit here thinking, my love.